Welcome to Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. I'm your host, Crystal Andrus Morissette, founder of the SWAT Institute. Women are being called right now to help heal this world. And it's time for a radio podcast that shows the how we're going to do just that, empowering one woman at a time. Now let's get to it. Yay, we're back. It is Friday, October 6th, and we do this on the first Friday of every month. Of course, my name is Crystal, and I'm your coach today, and I'm really excited to be here to support you. I want to thank those of you that are in the conference line live um, and you've raised your hands already. I can see two of you, Michaela and Ellen. If there's anyone else as you come on board and you do think you'd like to do some coaching or you want to join in the conversation, you are so welcome. You are so encouraged. And um, just because, remember, we can't do this without you. So when you don't call in and you don't raise your hand, um, I'm not in a good place. So I'm always so, so, so grateful when you come on the line and you're here with me live. So give yourself a big hug and a pat on the back because I'm grateful to you today. Um, I also want to just give a call out because we are just a few weeks in to our once a year personal empowerment coach certification. Um, We do this every week. We have a live class on Zoom um, that I lead and uh, we go through 16 weeks of uh, live classes and we've just gotten started and uh, we have an incredible group of women. It's always a small group. It's very personal and personalized. Um, we call it the personal empowerment coach certification for a reason because it, it is not only designed for you to become an amazing, confident coach, empowerment coach out there in your life, in your world, but it also completely and utterly supports you first and foremost personally in your own life with your own situations your own relationships your own conflicts and frustrations and uh, dilemmas Um, and so I I want to just let you know that it's not too late even if you're listening to this and it's like we're we're weeks into October or you're listening to this in November uh, circle back around and find us at www.swat, like Special Weapons and Tactical, S-W-A-T, SWAT Institute, I-N. I'm going to spell it because I got it down to a science, I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E. Um, I find a lot of people, I don't realize how many people have a hard time spelling institute, I-N-S-T-I-T-U-T-E. Dot com. Um, you can, you know, learn a little bit more about our personal empowerment coach certification. And then in 2024, we move into our master empowerment coach certification. And that only happens once a year. And right now, these are the only two classes that I teach live and in person. Um, they are really special. The women who are taking it are, I, I'm always so I'm always so grateful and amazed at the women who sign up and the women who find me from all over the world um, and who who move into this profession. Um, it is so healing. And I, I listen, I, I don't know why. I have a I have somebody on Facebook and I, I I'm gonna call him my therapist, even though I only ever had three, no four. I had one emergency session once when I was going through a really rough time when my father was dying, and I was like, Oh, I need to talk with you, David. Um it's so interesting because he's the guy I go to when I'm 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 really in a dilemma and it's like I said four times in my life not that I haven't been in more dilemmas than that but there was a time in my life where I thought I just I need someone to talk to and I'd seen him on social media many times I'd actually interviewed him for um for a radio show that I had a few years ago on CBS radio um the Crystal Andrews show and he was just really interesting and and a little older than me and a really smart a really smart man and I had a couple sessions with him and and one of the things that was really powerful for me that I I definitely know that we do in our empowerment coaching is he doesn't try to fix you and he doesn't try to necessarily fix the situation he really meet he really met me where I was at and the biggest thing that I took away from those four 
sessions that I had with him and I thought, wow, I do this and I've been doing this for years with my clients is, um, and it's interesting and I'm, I'm going to, I'm kind of all over the place here, but circling around it, I also find his posts really triggering. So it's interesting that he's the guy I go to when I'm in a dilemma, but I also read many of his posts and I agree with them, but I'm also triggered by them. And the reason I get triggered by them is because he, in his, in his way of sharing his uh, wisdom and his opinions, he's very opinionated, um, very smart, um, is that he often ha really has a recoil to the word healing. Almost like, why are we trying to heal? Why are we always trying to heal? Maybe we're not supposed to heal this. Maybe we're supposed to fall so deep into this. Maybe this 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 terrible thing that you're going through is your superpower. And um, and he will often talk about coaches. And it's so interesting because I know he loves me, and I know he 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 loves what I do for a living. And he's many times said to me. Crystal, your resume, your life, that is your life experience and your trials and tribulations and your successes. Uh, you have a PhD in life. Like he supports me 100%, but I, it's so interesting that I'm also triggered by him. I'm triggered by sometimes the way he talks, generally speaking about coaching or positivity or that, you know, we don't, we don't need to heal. We need to, um, learn how to sink into the, into the, into the muck a little bit and learn what, what, it, why we're in the muck and what the muck can bring to us. And, and interestingly, when I was in the muck, um, the biggest takeaway that I got from those three sessions, and I will tell you the first three, and then I had, like I said, I had the one follow-up a couple of years later, but those first three sessions, it's so funny. I'm going to tell you, I argued with them the first call I'm paying him and I'm arguing with him because I'm almost thinking, is he is he not understanding who I am and how smart I am? Is he talking to me like I'm um is he condescending? It was so interesting. I was so triggered by him, but so fascinated by him. And the second session, I think we had like a kind of a, a meeting of the minds, and he was like, Okay, I get who you are. I see you. I hear you. Um, I feel you. And by the third session, the biggest thing I walked away with was and it might sound so um, silly, but, or like, you should know that. But the biggest thing I walked away with was, you matter, Crystal, like you matter. Like not because you're a coach, not because you write books, not because you're a best-selling author, not because you have um, an empowerment coaching school that's in 45 countries, not because of the work that you do in the world. Not because of your looks, not because of um, uh, your accomplishments, but just because you alone matter. Your life matters. Your feelings matter. What you're going through matters. Your past matters. The pain you've been through matters. The stuff that happened to you with your family, with your mother with your father, the stuff that happened to you with your, your brother or your sister, the stuff that you went through, the stuff you feel matters. And, and you don't have to be ashamed of it. And you can learn from it. And you might never heal from it. But you still get to go have a great life. And it took three sessions. And it was like, wow, I don't know why I needed this really smart, brilliant, Jewish lawyer, doctor, guy, like he was just, you know, why did I need him to affirm to me how much I mattered? But somehow after those three sessions, something switched in me. Like, I don't know if it switched, but it, it lightened. And it was like, I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to always get it right. I don't always have the answers, but I still have the right to do what I do in the world. And what I do, I do really well. Um, and so I wanted, I wanted to just share that with you because at the same time, I will still read many of the things he writes and feel triggered, <laughs> triggered. And what's a trigger? A trigger is almost like this emotional reaction that doesn't feel good in your body. Like, what is this? 
what is what is what is happening here right now inside of me? Why are those words um, affecting me? What what do I why? Um, and and that, and there were times years ago that would almost want to write back, like make a comment, and almost like you know disagree with him or. Um, but I started to realize that's but that's his message, and that's his way. And when I was in the depths of some really dark places, that modality is what I needed. But it isn't what I need all the time. It's okay to sometimes be like, I don't want to be in the muck. I am the lotus rising. I've already risen. I, I, I've been in the in the swamp. Um, I'm I for years was like I'm a swamp mistress. I can find you're in the swamp. Hey, hey, let me listen. I got my big miners hat on. I got the light on. I'm coming down there. Listen, let me take your hand. I'm gonna lead you out of here. I'm gonna show you the way out. We're gonna get at. Um, and it's okay to also say, um, been there, done that, got the t-shirt, and that it isn't how I. I don't want to be in. I don't want to be a trauma survivor for the rest of my life. I don't, I don't want to feel like I have to, um, also be sad to be real. I don't, I don't want to have to be, um, uh, raw all the time to be real. I, I also want to just be, I do just want to be happy. And there are times I don't, I just, I don't want to do any more healing. My friend and I, the other day, we were talking about something. We 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 were, we would do a walk and talk. She lives. She doesn't. We don't live close by. And in the mornings, we'll sometimes meet and plug in our headsets. And as I'm out walking, she's out walking in her neck of the woods, and we'll talk away about things. And I just said to her the other day, like I'm. I don't want to do any more healing. I'm healed. I'm healed. Like I'm healed. I'm healed. Right now, things are good. I'm not in any drama. Uh, I feel like I've turned the Titanic. I'm in a much better place. I want to just enjoy this joy. I just want to enjoy this joy. And if something should hit, and it will because it's life, I know that I also have the tools to meet myself down there again. Should I fall? Should I sink? Um, I do have the tools. I know how to turn the Titanic now. Um, and I'll do it again. And I, I still have my, my sight set up there in that shiny place. I, I like the shiny place. I'm sorry um, for those that think it's not, it's, it's uh, that want to poo-poo on your joy. I, I like the joy too. I love, I love the good times. I love the laughter. I love the lightness. I love feeling like you're in the flow. I love feeling like there's almost like consciousness or God or source energy or something pure and beautiful um, kind of humming through your body. I love feeling like, wow, do you feel that? Like, doesn't this feel really good? I love that too. And so empowerment coaching meets you in wherever you're at. And, but it is a tool to help slowly or quickly, <laughs> um, help you start to see the situation you're in, um, through different lenses and each kind of energy or emotion. Um, we will look at that same perspective or that same situation through a different perspective. And each perspective is actually really empowering because no one's telling you what to do. Um, your own inner wisdom starts to get activated. You start remembering who you really are. You, you stop identifying so much with the wounds and the trauma and you realize, yeah, that, that, that stuff did happen and it was really painful and I'm still okay. I'm okay. And I, I want joy and I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to, for example, this weekend, it's Thanksgiving here in Canada. I know we're, we're quite ahead of the United States in terms of our Thanksgiving and maybe, maybe it's because we get colder weather quicker and we're already harvesting. Um, but we have Thanksgiving this weekend and like, it's a four day celebration for me. I have great joy knowing my, it's, and it's funny because it's only my kids and their partners and sometimes my niece will come. Um, so it's like six or seven of us, but it's my clan. It's my family. It's the joy that I get to create for me and my children. 
and our traditions and our memories. And I get to do that. And I love that I have that power, that ability. And, um, and so I'm already into the cooking. I've been making spanakopita this morning. Um, it's, oh, I've already had a piece. Oh my God, that phyllo pastry. And I will be puffed up and swollen from the semolina flour. I laughed and said to the girls, Tuesday, okay, we're, we're going to have fun. I'll probably gain 10 pounds and have puffy fingers. And then Tuesday, we're going to really rock our worlds. But for the next four days, like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I, I want to just let myself sink into the joy. And, you know, it's okay even as a family sometimes to say, can we just put that other stuff aside just for this weekend? Because we're still family. And I didn't get that growing up. I didn't get that feeling of like, put that stuff aside. Put that stuff aside. Because um, family can be messy, right? Mess it can be. It can just be messy. Um, but um, I, I feel really grateful that I, I've made a commitment to my own children and they made it back to me that we're going to, we're going to do this thing and we're going to do it the best we can and we're going to love each other the best we can. So with that being said, I want to say happy Thanksgiving to my fellow Canadians. Uh, and if you don't celebrate Thanksgiving, I want to just wish you a, a really beautiful weekend and a beautiful month ahead. Um, the veil is thin as we head into October and November. Of course, there's thanks. I mean, there's Halloween at the end of the month. So before I talk to you again, and what do I mean by that? When I say the veil is thin, there's something between the two worlds, between this physical world and between that spiritual world, that energy world, um, that it gets easier somehow to feel like you can, yeah, maybe I'm going somewhere a little deep and heavy. My father passed on October 31st of all days. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a big month for me. I can feel my energy shifting. I've had a couple of sleepless nights this week. And I'm learning probably from my therapist, David, to, to be okay in that. This too shall pass. There's a reason for those sleepless nights. You know, don't, don't be so horrified by it because the, the good night sleeps are coming soon. So with that being said, let's go to the lines. Let's do some coaching. It's one of my most favorite things to do. And I know we already have, just before we went into record mode, uh, I already know that we have Michaela, who is calling from Rome, Italy. How incredible. I always am like, wow, love that, that we reach all over the world. Michaela, how are you? Hey, Hi, Crystal. Sorry, I muted myself. <laughs> uh, that's okay. I unmuted you. You muted you. I unmuted you. We're here. We're good. How are you, my darling? I'm well. How are you? I'm really good. I'm really good. Michaela, what's going on for you? I would love to support you today. Well, I mean, a lot of things are going on that one of the things that is, I don't know, uh, on top of my mind right now is my relationship with money. Okay. Because it is painful. Yeah. And I never really had, because I had a lot of other, other stuff to go through. So I never really had the opportunity to actually explore my relationship with money. Uh, I can give a little background. Sure. But I don't know. Should I? Yeah. Yeah. You, you let, let yourself talk. Let Couple whatever comes that, out. Just go with it. And then for sure. when I'm ready, I'll just start asking some questions and we'll, we'll start to figure our way through this. For sure. So a couple of things that I was reflecting on from our call yesterday as well, because I mentioned this to you. Um, I never really saw anyone making money doing something they love. For me, like growing up, work, it's okay to make money, but work has to be struggle. If I do something and I'm struggling and I'm suffering through it, then I'm okay to get money. Mm -hmm. If I'm enjoying it, so... My parents would say it's not really work. And then growing up now, I I live in Rome, but I work in Canada, actually, in Toronto. And um, I work remotely, and my parents think I'm not working. <laughs> if I work long hours, it doesn't matter because I'm not actually up on my feet. And um, so there's this resistance that if I – and I, I want to become a coach. I want to become an empowerment coach. But – there's this fear that 
working, if I'm doing something that feels like it's my purpose, I will not, I should not get money for it. And just to give you a little more context, um, I'm waiting to receive some money from, from friends because I'm organizing something and I'm paying for, for everybody, so they're sending me money. And there is a lot of fear and resistance there as well. Like, oh my God, like I'm, I should control the bank account or the transaction or like I feel very type A control freak right now. Okay. Um, it's a decent amount of money. Like it's not like, yeah, it's not like $10. So I'm like feeling super in super controlling mode when I'm, okay, so let me, I am to receive money. Okay, great. And, so let, let me just, Michaela, let me do a, just a little recap so that we, I have a couple of main points and then, and then let's see where it goes off to. So I'm going to say what the latest thing you just said, then we're going to backtrack a little bit. So I'm working on a project right yeah. now. So can you tell me just without getting too deep into it, like I'm working on a project right now and it's, it's, it's a fair amount of money. Is it a fair amount of money you're spending? Is it a fair amount of money that you're receiving? What's, and you're calling yourself a control freak, which it's okay. No, you know, you got to have some quality control. I want to say sure. that. To be a businesswoman, there has to be an element of like, I am controlling, I am controlling, I am controlling, I am controlling, I'm controlling, I'm controlling, I'm controlling. <laughs> Work that out. Work that story out because I have to be my own quality control. And when I don't really keep a pulse on my bank account, I don't make the same amount of money because... I'm, I, I, I realize it. Like, I do have to keep a pulse on that as a businesswoman. So let's just first tell me about the project. Because it sounds exciting. It sounds like it's something you, it, you're excited about. No, this is not really a project. It's a trip. So we're going on holidays for my birthday. Okay. And um, basically, I'm just booking for everybody. But clearly, they're sending me the money. So um, oh, Okay, okay. Seven people. That's so this is trust. It's a fair amount of so money. So this is about do. trust. So you took, you, you trust, yeah, you, right. you love these friends. You said, we're all going to go away to this place for my birthday just to keep it organized. I'm going to pay for everybody and, and pay for all the rooms or whatever it is. And then each one of you have to pay me back. And they've all agreed. Yeah. Okay. And is there like a cutoff date where they need to pay you back by this specific date? They, it's like this week basically. So three people have already paid me, and I'm waiting for the other three. But it's trust. You're right. It yeah. really resonated within me when you said it. Yeah. yeah, it's trust. So there's there's um. So we're talking about trust now, and we're talking about fear. So we're gonna stay with yeah. those two concepts. And one of the things that you said, and and I'm so grateful, Michaela, that you called in today. Like I really, really am. Like because there's so many women that are gonna learn from this right now. This is a big one for a lot of women. Um, and you know, you know, the trust. It's interesting because it's the same trust that we have to put in ourselves to be business women. Like to really to be a businesswoman and to be like, okay, I'm going to spend $10,000 on that thing, or I'm going to spend, I'm going to, I'm going to trust that I, I've got to spend the money on this thing to make that thing. Like there's a, it all comes down to like, not just trusting that other people are come, going to come through for you, but trusting that like, you got this, like, you know what you're doing. Like you're not being yeah. foolish, right? There's a big laugh there. Yeah. And I love that. You're going to, you're going to hear me over the, over the coming weeks, months, years, use a term that you'll hear me say often called laugh of truth. And what it is, is when you're, even you, you'll start to notice it when you're talking to somebody and they say something and then they just have a little, like a little quick laugh and then they just carry on. You're like, whoa, like there's truth right there. Like that's why we love going to comedy, like to comedians, because they say all these things. We kill ourselves laughing because there's just this element of truth under there. And then we can actually deal with things that we can acknowledge. So let's talk about the trust a little bit. Uh, can I just say that as soon as you said it, I, I started like feeling like crying. Yeah, that too. <laughs> like, um, tears of truth. Crying and laughing. Yep. Yeah. yeah, tears of truth and uh, laugh of truth are always like, yeah. ooh, it's kind of like your heart just went like, hello, there it is. Like we can, yeah. we can dodge this. We can pretend this isn't really what's going on under here. But there's a, an element of trust. And let me ask you this. Have you been burnt in the past? Have you had, have you put your trust in people that didn't come through for you? Or have you committed to something yourself and then you didn't come through for yourself? And so now you, 
you have this kind of feeling of like, can I trust myself? I don't think I've been really betrayed by friends, but I immediately when you said it, I, I thought about my mother. Okay, there. Yeah, and so what comes up? Because here's the other thing you said. I never saw anyone making money. Work should be a struggle. And you had a laugh of truth right then when I wrote L-O-T beside work should be a struggle. And I work remotely. I live in, in Italy, but I work it remotely in Toronto. And even though I put in these long hours um, sitting at a computer or on a phone or whatever it might be, because I'm not busting my ass, because I'm not on my feet, because I don't have swollen ankles at the end of the day, my mother doesn't think it's work. And I'm going to have to work through this story I have with my mother because this is about my mother and me. That's what all this is about. This is about my mother. And this is about my relationship with my mother. And this is about not understanding why my mother doesn't recognize um, what I do. Um, why am I still trying to get her approval? W what's going on there, Michaela? <laughs> There's another laugh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I am. So there are two parts where you were speaking. Um, the trust is my mother. I think she betrayed my trust somehow. I have a giant mother wound. Um, I don't know where these can go, but literally, like, I felt like I was almost like parenting my mother yeah. as I was growing up yeah. because she's not really able yeah, to stable. parent herself yeah uh, so that there's that and the other point though like when i said that my parents don't think i'm working because i work from home that would be probably more my father like it would be teasing like oh you're not really working or that's not a job uh so i think it's two different stories yeah and so really separate and and, and quite different but yeah, let's go into those stories a little bit. Like, it's, it's like, really, don't you feel underneath that, like, there is a story under there about, like, let's, let's dive into that. Like, you, you can do them separately. We can do them together as, as your parents. But, like, what is that fear in there when it comes to them? What do you think that fear is? Like, in terms of, like, my mother, I think I still try to gather approval. Yeah. And I, I can't get it, and I'm, I'm afraid because I, I was probably just growing up, always trying to gather approval, which I never did, because she's just not able to give it to me. Um, yeah. That's all. Yeah. And that's painful. Yeah. Very painful. And, oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think I never got over that. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of us have that. Um, one of the books that we'll be studying in the... Ma I think you're taking the master program too, and, and if you're not, I would love to recommend. I am. I Are will. you discovering the inner mother by Bethany Webster? Um, discovering the inner I mother. I have. I, I read it. It's amazing. Yeah, great. Yeah, I read it already. Okay, great. And I have another book sitting right here beside me called Mother Hunger, by Kelly McDaniel. Um, I think it's important to read okay. these books. It helps you to understand. It really. I think for those of us that have this deep mother wound. Um, and it's interesting, Michaela, because my father passed. It'll be two years on October 31st. And and it, it, you'll hear me sometimes. It's not so pressing now. But it was so interesting how much I didn't realize how much energy I was putting into trying to get his approval. And <laughs> yeah, there's your laugh. And then he passed. and And the way I explained it, instantly it was like this instant metaphor of like I didn't realize I'm in the rowboat I'm in a rowboat and like I just think of it as a small boat it's not a big yacht it's like a little rowboat and I'm in this boat and there's these little holes in the bottom of the boat and I'm constantly taking on water and the energy that it takes all the time to keep bailing out the water I'm just constantly working and bailing out water so I don't sink and as soon as my father died it was like the rowboat all the holes just got instantly patched and there was this feeling of like, oh my God, my dad, my dad thinks I'm amazing. And he didn't know how to show it to me when he was alive. He just didn't know how. My mother's still alive. Um, and I haven't, 
I haven't had a relationship with her in over 15 years, which is really sad. Um, and I don't understand. I don't understand how it got this long, far gone. Um, but it, it also is this realization of like, I cannot believe the energy that it takes to keep bailing the pain that you keep taking on that you don't need to, that we don't need to like that. It's this, these are their wounds. These are our parents' wounds. And, and then they pass. And I was talking about the, you know, the veil is thin. My father passed on October 31st. I could, I, Michaela, this is such a strange story, but only the people in my life that saw it happen every day, this red cardinal would come every single day from the day my father passed for about a month and tap on my window and I, he would tap 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 and then I'd go to the window and he would fly away and every day and I started videotaping it and after about a month yeah he's and I started looking it up and it was like this red cardinal is like your loved one letting you know that they're around that they love you that they I had this overwhelming sense of peace and like Wow, the energy that I spent for 50 years trying to get this man <laughs> to love me. And it was, it, it's just all false. You know that, you know that acronym for the word fear, false evidence appearing real. It was just oh, yeah. this fear story that I'd been carrying my whole life. And then it, it healed. It just healed. And there's my my therapist that would say, "Don't say healed. It didn't just heal." Um, but but it, that's what it felt like. It was like I wasn't exerting any more energy into trying to somehow get his love. So, Mikhail, let's talk about your fear story with your parents. Let's let's just dive into that and and talk about like what is the what is this thing that you're so worried about? And it could be your father, it could be your mother, and it can just be you. What's going on underneath with you? Like, we can bring it right back around to, is it about your parents' approval? Is it about money? And it's okay that the dog is barking. It's, it's okay. <laughs> no, there's it, yeah. I'm in my garden. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Um, there are, I think, different layers to that. But the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, um, growing up, just, like, not, yeah, something along the lines of what you said. So growing up, just not feeling... Basically, like I said, that I have to be like my mother wanted to be loved. That's that's the main thing. And then as soon as I got control over my life and and do what I want with my life, and she doesn't approve, she just doesn't love me or like me anymore. And she can not talk to me for a long time. And I'm talking about a a tattoo, not not like dealing drugs or like criminal stuff and stuff like that. Like I'm, I'm talking about getting a tattoo. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, just not being in control of my life because I, I, on some levels, I feel like she wants to be in control of my life. Yeah. Well, she does. Um, she does. Because there's this thing with some parents that I've, I have to work hard at with my own children to realize they're not you. They're not an extension of you. Like, it's very narcissistic to think, like, I gave, I gave birth to this little person, and so now they owe me something. And, um, they're part of me and they should, they like, there, there really is a sense of like, there's a lot of parents that are almost like not, they don't might not come right out and say, you owe me, but it's like, I made you and, um, you're part of me and you need to respect me and you need to think like me and you need to do it like me. And, and we're the first generation of women really like, my goodness, Michaela, yeah. this is off topic a little bit, but there's this new show here in North America called The Golden Bachelor, and I watched an episode last night, and I just about, my friend and I, we, we texted through the whole thing like, are you kidding me? These women are in their 60s and their 70s, and they're so silly. They're being so silly around love and so, my God, so insecure. Like I was like, wow, is this show really for real? Um, and it made me think about my own mother, that it made me think about the messages that she was given growing up about being a woman. And we are on this front line now of like, things are rapidly changing, like they really are, which excites me. Things are rapidly changing for us and for the, the women younger than us, 
Um, but it means some serious pushback to the women that are older that are almost like, it shouldn't be that easy for you. It shouldn't be that easy. Mm-hmm. Why do you, it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be easy for you to make money. It wasn't easy for me. And we even see yeah. it in like matriarchal yeah. families where, um, you know, you see some of these families where the mother is the, the runs the show. And then when the, the daughter-in-law comes in, the mother-in-law is awful to the daughter-in-law because it's like that my in-laws weren't nice to me. I'm not going to make it easy for you. Or we see it in business where you see like one or two women that are at the very top of the company and there's only spots for one or two women at that boardroom table and you're coming up the ladder and they don't make it easy for you. It's like, no, it was really hard for me and I'm not going to make it easy for you. And Michaela, we, we're, the reason you're being called to be an empowerment coach is because you want to change the narrative. You're ready to change that narrative yeah. for other women too, including you. So we're going to have to bust through this fear story that you have. Are you ready to do some fear busting? (laughs) (laughs) I am. And I just wanted to say that I think I heard my parents say growing up when I was like 15 or 16, I heard them saying, well, I mean, like people don't really do what they like for work. Uh, It's a story that they have. Yeah. So they, they passed it down to me. And by the way, my family, they were okay with money, actually. My grandparents made quite a good amount of money like I would say quite a lot of money but working their ass off and I really really I mean like not enjoying life yeah so that's the story so okay. let me ask okay. you this Go Michaela, out there. is, is there also I I'm and, it, and it, either way however you answer it's it's perfect um is there also an inheritance that would be coming to you when your parents pass yeah, there is, but like I'm, I'm also an only child and an only granddaughter. Okay, so it's okay all I can feel that. Um, I can feel that. There's no, yeah, I can feel it's it. all mine. So there's also what's hanging over your head is my grandparents worked their ass off to the bone to have this money. My parents now yeah. are yeah. are in that same energy, and they're resentful that that money's going to get passed to me, and somehow I have to toe the line. And I have to, like, I'm doing this balancing act between I want to be happy, I want to do what I love, and I also know that I have this inheritance coming to me, so I have to still do this bullshit dance with my parents to make sure that they feel happy. <laughs> like, am I on to something here? I think part of it is true. Yeah, it's like that. And they don't want me to have it easy, yeah. okay? Yeah, which is fine. But the other part is like just believing, like having like a, a limiting belief themselves that making money is just like you can't do it if you're enjoying doing it. But here's what's interesting, Michaela. You have to really suffer. But here's what's interesting is you know that it's not true because you're, you're, there's, there's now some generational, just like there's generational trauma that you're healing from. There is. You have stories from your grandparents and your and it's and here's what also is always interesting that I always think about when your grandmother when your mo- when your grandmother was pregnant with your mother you were already formed you were already in your mother's True. ovaries so you were already living in the True. energy of your grandmother and so her energy True. was already infusing into you so not only was the generational wealth that's going to be passed on to you the generational trauma has been passed on to you. And that's why we are being called to do some really big, heavy healing. This is really big, emotional, heavy healing. (laughs) And what I've read, whether we believe this to be true or not, is that when we heal, we not only heal our own DNA for our own children, but we heal backwards. Uh, And they say it goes up seven generations. So pretty incredible to think that you are on the front line of your family's legacy. And I just got goosebumps all over me. And your grandma and your great-grandmother and your great-great-grandmother and your great-great-great-grandmother are cheering for you right now. Okay? (laughs) I can feel it. Because my grandmother just passed recently. And I I really want to hear her, like, just 
yeah, I want to help her heal. Yeah. Because she went through a lot of a lot of trauma. Yeah, I'm covered from head to toe in crazy huge goosebumps. So I, I think I'm I think I'm also a little bit of a channel right now for you to tell you that your grandmother is so proud of you. And sh- like my father when he passed, he I would get these messages that would come through Michaela and it was like, "My god, I had no idea what you did for a living. You're amazing." Like I had no idea you could make money like sitting on a phone talking to people helping people I had no idea that like I didn't even know what you did for a living and I would feel my dad around me watching me like you go girl like wow and I guarantee your grandmother is doing that right now she's doing a happy dance for you okay so I just need you to know that and 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 it's it's not going to be you almost need to start seeing your mother and i don't know if it's possible but there comes a time where we as women are no longer the children we become the adult archetype we become the adult we become the empowered adult we become the woman energy we we rise into that role now and the day is going to come where your mother's going to be childlike and and it's it's going to come from you really stepping into your power and working through these stories and saying, it's okay, mom. Like, it's okay. It's okay that you don't understand this. Like, my other daughter and I, who's on the line right now, uh, we will laugh sometimes at, like, my other kid, my youngest kid. We say, we've never seen anyone work so little and make so much money. And then I say to myself... <laughs> I taught her that, but I taught her that. Why should we have to? Why should we have to work the way our grandparents worked? If we if we don't have to, why why can't we have joy? Didn't isn't that really what they worked so hard for? Wasn't it really to create a better life for their children and their grandchildren? Isn't it, isn't it, Michaela? Don't you think right now your grandmother's saying, Michaela? This lifetime goes in a blink of an eye. It passes so fast. I'm going to see you up here in heaven before you know it. And we're going to have a hug. And I'm going to tell you how proud I am of you. But right now, you're there. You're on the earth right now. You are being called right now to rewrite the story. Not just of our family, but for women all over the world. You're being called right now. And that's not easy. And you have to stand in your courage to be able to do that. It takes courage, Michaela, and it takes courage to be able to still love your mom. And listen, I'm, I struggle with this because I have to say things like, I love my mom from a distance. I forgive my mom from a distance because we're not there yet. But yeah. I do also say to myself, my God, my mom and I are going to meet one day in heaven and we're going to hug and we're going to say, what the heck was wrong with us down there? Like, why couldn't we get this thing figured out? But I know my grandmother right now, and I have a picture of her interest right now, right in front of me. A picture of me and my grandmother. I'm about 10 years old and I'm sitting beside her on a little chair and she's hugging me and we're watching television. And I know my grandmother right now is watching and saying, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And so, Michaela, this is a story that you're going to have to bust through, which is um, there's a new way of doing it. There's a new way yeah. of doing it. And there is a new... And I see I see older people, and it's not it's not to poo-poo on, on that, but I see older people all the time saying things like, these kids, these kids nowadays. And I think to myself, yeah, and your parents were saying the same thing about you. You liked rock and roll music, like when that was forbidden. Like we are in an ever expanding universe and we are being called to expand consciousness and you're being called to expand your life. Would you be willing to write your mother a letter that you're never going to send? And in that letter, just really honor your own pain your story like really 
Like, you know what? I don't know if you if you had a chance to listen to me at the top of the hour when I said I had three calls with this therapist. And in those three calls, he so validated my anger. Like, he actually said this to me. Like, mom, forgive me if you're listening to this podcast. But he actually said to me, your mother is a piece of shit. And I just about fell off my chair. I was like, what? Are you allowed to say that? Like, are you allowed? Like, you're not allowed to say shit like that. And he actually was like, your mother's a piece of shit. And I was like, my mouth fell open. And it was this realization, like, my mom also gave me many amazing qualities, but my mom made a lot of mistakes. And your mom's made mistakes. And the only way that you can truly authentically get to a point where you can start to rewrite your story is you have to acknowledge the truth of your story, your pain, your experience, not, not, not through the lenses of love right now, not through the lenses of forgiveness and compassion, but through the lenses of that little girl who had to be the mother to your mother through that little girl yeah. that was desperate to get your mom's approval. You have to write that letter through those lenses. You have to honor that little girl inside of you. Because what's happening, and this is these great books, whether it's Mother Hunger by Kelly McDaniel, or whether it's um, Discovering the Inner Mother by Bethany Webster, these beautiful books are reminders that, that until we, as grown adults, really recognize that we have this inner little girl, we also have an inner teenager. We have these parts of us. And we also have yeah. this inner mother, believe it or not. We were given an inner mother. And until we learn to really get to know both parts of our, all three, that part of us that's like, wait, you're, you were never taught how to protect yourself. You were never taught how to really, truly love yourself. You were never taught how to approve of yourself. You weren't given those tools. And so your job now as a grown ass adult as a grown-ass, beautiful, amazing woman who's going to have your own child one day, I think, you have this job to do now. And it's your job that nobody else can get inside your head. Nobody else can get inside your heart. Nobody can get in there and rewrite this script for you but you. But the good news is you can do it. And it starts first by writing a letter to your mother with all the could have beens and the should have beens and the ought to have beens and the ways that her neglect or her disapproval or her judgment or her um, cruelty or whatever, how much that hurt you, how it changed you, how it held you back. Like you have to acknowledge that part of you because until you do, you're going to be searching out there in the world for other people's approval. And it's, it's always actually going to be, yeah. I'm still searching for that love from my mom. Yeah. So do you think you could write your mom that letter? And do you think you could? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, give it, I mean, give it Michaela, if it needs to be 10 pages and the, every other word needs to be the F word, like, this is not a politically correct letter. This is not a letter you need to feel ashamed of. This is a letter that's like, I need to acknowledge my pain. And then I want you to send that letter to me. Only me and you. And I'm going to read okay, it. Okay, I'd love to. We're yeah. both going to read it. I'm going to read it. And once we've really simmered in it and acknowledged it and cried about it, and and felt angry about it <laughs> then we're gonna both burn it i'm gonna print it off you're gonna print it off we're gonna go outside i don't know if in your back garden you can bring like a lasagna pan and you can put that letter in there and we're gonna burn the shit out of that letter and we're gonna be like bye bye like you know like i can't i'm not but we can't do that too soon this is the problem is when we try to like just spiritually bypass the pain and the hurt and the grief and the sorrow and the fear and the insecurities and the anger and the rage and the, and the, do you not know who I am? Do you not know who I could have been? Do you not know 
Like until we acknowledge all of that for us, we can't authentically step into our power and hold it and own it and shine it and be okay with who we are wherever we go, wherever we are with whoever we're with. So it first has to happen that you're going to have to become your own fierce advocate and your healing and your heart has to become number one. Yeah. Oh God, that was a big cry. Yeah, good. <laughs> this was really profound. Good. Yeah. Good. You need that. You need that. Yeah. Your little girl needs that. Your 12-year-old little girl needs that. Your 15-year-old teenage girl needs this. She's begging you. And then you're going to write a letter to your father. And you're going to do the same thing. Because whether, whether, however it needs to come out, your, your parents, and you know, we, I, hate, I almost hate when I hear people say things like they did the best they could. No, they didn't. <laughs> No, they didn't. No, they didn't. They didn't do the best they could. They didn't. They were too caught up in themselves. They were too caught up in their story. They were too caught up in their stuff. And they didn't do the best they could. And I can't forgive them until I come to grips with it. And I see it on paper. You know, I was thinking about, I wrote a memoir that I don't think I will probably ever publish. But it poured out of me after some real trauma, um, like there was a lot of trauma that I went through and then I kind of tucked it away, compartmentalized it, put it over there like in a nice cube, in a nice cube tray and then put the ice cube tray in the freezer. Like, let's just keep these parts of my life frozen. And it wasn't until my own daughters were 14, like they each became 14 and they're only a year and a half apart. It wasn't until my little girls became the age when, when some really terrible abuse, sexual abuse happened to me, that suddenly I cracked open. Like I cracked open looking at them and thinking, how could my mother have kicked me out when I was 15? How, how, what the hell? Look at these little girls. They need me. Like I'm so important to them. And they needed me and I needed my mom. And she wasn't there for me. And I, I poured this memoir uh, it, I was almost bipolar. Like I had a manic, I, if, if I wasn't a best-selling author who had already written five books, somebody would have checked me in somewhere. Like really, I wrote for a week straight, crying my eyes out for a week, drinking wine, writing, crying, crying, throwing up, vomiting, heaving, crying. And this stuff came out of me. And I was like, oh, I need to publish this. Like I was just instantly thought, I need to publish. And then I realized I, I, I needed to get it out of me. I don't know what I, I don't know that I needed, I don't know what I need to do with it, but I, I let a few really trusted people read it and they were in shock. They were almost like, whoa, I don't know that the world would want to know this stuff. Like, I don't know. They were afraid for me and then their fear scared me, but it's so interesting. Before the call today, I was, I was cooking my Spanakopita and I was washing dishes and I was thinking, how amazing that there was a time in my life that I heaved and cried and sobbed over my story. And it's, it's cleared out now. It's not there anymore. It's, it's there, but it's more there where I can love. I can love me now. I can love my 15-year-old girl. And... I have a different perspective on it, but, but I, but, but I had to get it out of me and you have to get it out of you. So I'm, I'm going to empower you, ask you, encourage you, support you in writing that letter to each of your parents. And if, if it's too much to do both, start with one and then finish it and send it to me. And then, and then we're going to do this process together. I will, absolutely. And I, I want your help. <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm here. This is what I do. Yeah. This is what I love. This is what I was put on the earth to do. Yeah. It really is. Like, yeah. 
I get covered in goosebumps. I get tears in my eyes. And every time I support a woman and learning how to love herself in spite of the abuse, the neglect, the betrayals, the mistrust, when I can finally get a woman to like, whoa, grow through that, like I grow bigger, stronger, brighter, lighter along with you. So trust me, it's a win-win. We're going to do this together. For sure. You can count. I'm, I mean. <laughs> yeah. How are you feeling Thank right you. now? Was, uh, How do you feel? Uh, really cracked open. I, I started thinking about, you know, my friend sending me money. And how I ended up thinking about <laughs> my mother and how angry I am. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, but you got to know I totally the, tr- see the connection. Yes. The trust of making sure these women, these friends are going to send you money goes right back to the yeah. trust that I never felt with my own mother. Like it's all yeah. connected. And yeah, as you were speaking, I was thinking like, how, how could I not? Right. I mean, how could I trust my friends to, to just send me money? Like my worthiness story is, Yes. terrible because yes. of my mother yes it's terrible and so like not feeling worthy I think I don't even deserve this money <laughs> yeah you know, like it's yeah, yeah or that you have to work for it or like you have to make sure the trip is amazing for all of them now and you got to make sure like it's just yeah. the best oh, vacation yeah, yeah, in the entire life that they'll ever have ever because you, they're doing this for yeah. you like it's it that's a that's a sad story like you you're worthy yeah. of this. You're worthy of this. You matter. And your friends love you. But you know, we really can't receive love from anyone until it's so cliche, but until we really work through these stories of feeling unloved and and honoring oh. the 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 reality of what we've been through. Like the day may come where you're like like I, listen, I, I, I do feel this. I'm in a good place right now where I feel like I really like myself and I really love myself and I really respect myself and I really think I'm an, an amazing human being and I love myself in spite of anyone who, they don't know me. If anyone thinks I'm a piece of shit, they don't know me and I know me and and we got to get you there where you know You know who you are, and you are this beautiful, bright, shining light, and I see it, and you were on our class yesterday, and you were glowing, so we just need to get you remembering who you really are in spite of what you've been through. Thank you. That sounds really good, and um, I just, you know, I feel like a lot more calm, like, I feel more grief than before, but like the before, I was adren- adrenaline. That yeah. makes sense. Like I was yeah. like um, running and <sighs> like it's in like the doing mode, and yes. now I feel like a lot. Yeah, take a big deep breath. Yeah, settled. Yeah, take a nice big deep breath. We're gonna do it together. Big deep breath. Let your shoulders drop down from your ears. You are loved. You are lovable. You are worthy. And I'm sorry that you didn't get that message. Like, you know, I've talked to other clients where I'm like, where did we not get the memo? The, like a man is supposed to love us, protect us and take care of us. Where did, why did we not get that memo? Like what's going on here? Where did we get the memo that our worthiness is how hard we work? Like, why didn't we get the memo that no, you alone are enough? Like we didn't. So that's why I do this for a living now because I'm like, oh my God, I got it. Now I'm going to help as many women get this so that we can heal ourselves, heal our legacy, heal our DNA, heal our children, and heal the world. That's how we're going to do it, through women. It's women, because we're going to be healed. And then we don't have to spew the crap on other people. And that's how we shift consciousness. And it's, it's so selfish, and it's so selfless. It's so beautiful to become the fully empowered self, the, the your real true self. Like what a gift you're going to give the world. Yeah. 
So thank you, Michaela. Thanks for calling in today. Thank you. Yeah, and you're going to thank gonna, you so much. You're going to send me that this email. Profound. Yeah, you. you're so welcome. I'm giving you a huge hug right now. I will do. Yeah, Crystal, C R Y S T A L, SWATinstitute.com. Send it to me. <laughs> I will do. And uh, big hugs and happy Thanksgiving. Thank you. And I hope I can listen to this call again because I really need to. <laughs> you will. You will. It'll be up soon and you'll get to listen back to it and you'll have a cry, many cries, and that's really good for you. Just remember, those tears are healing. Like, you know, tears i find it so fascinating that the tears that we cry when we're sad have a different chemical makeup than the tears we cry when we're happy and those sad tears are like it's like we're a volcano and those tears are the ways that we vent off the steam and we release so that we never erupt we don't have to we don't have to walk around with that racing with that with that inner simmering rage under the surface all the time, the racing, the running. It's like we're letting that, we're letting the steam go and the tears are cleansing. And, and the beautiful thing about this work is once it's cleaned out, it's cleaned out. Like we're not in a forever state of healing. There's a, there will come a point where you're like, wow, I'm doing what I love. I'm making money. And I feel content and I feel at peace and I feel grateful and blessed. And I, I'm, I'm living the dream and like, wow, this is a beautiful gift to, to show to other women that it's possible. hundred percent. Thank you so much. All right, my darling, you have a great weekend. I'm sure I'll see you next Thursday on our class. And uh, I'm really grateful for you to call for calling in today. It takes a lot of courage. So thank you so much. Thank you. And I'll uh, see you on Thursday. I'll thank you. Thank you. I want to thank everyone who's on the call today. Like, listen, it takes a lot of courage to do this, doesn't it? It takes a lot of courage when you're you know, when you're healing, when you're hearing Michaela, and listen, it takes a lot of courage for me to do what I do, but I promise you this, I'm amped, I'm superpower, like, I feel like, whoa, this, whoa, whoa, my God, we matter, isn't this great, like, isn't it amazing to actually know you have this inner light, and that light is connected to all of consciousness, and like, your body is your conduit, and when you start working through these stories and these blocks and these obstacles, that beautiful, divine, holy, omnipotent light can just flow through you freely. And you don't have to walk around in life with protection and armor and, and like a warrior. You can like put the sword down and like really start to be in the moment and, 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 and feel true, authentic joy. And it's, it takes work like it does. It doesn't mean you're always doing the work, but, but there's times where you've got to commit to doing the work. And, and part of that is owning your own story. You know, there's a great story when you don't own your story, it owns you. And so this is your opportunity to own your story. Take it back. It's yours. Your experiences are yours. Even if you have somebody that says, that's not how it happened. That's not what I did. You're remembering it wrong. Well, it's how my little child like mine remembers it. And so it's real for me and it's real for you. And learning how to own that story gives us and empowers us to be able to start to look at it in our own minds, no longer as the wounded child, but as the loving parent, as the loving adult. And, and we start to know how to protect ourselves. We start to know how to take care of ourselves. We know how to stand up for ourselves. And man, our, our life really starts to improve. It's, it's profound. I want to thank everyone for being on the call today. I see many of you. Um, I'm, I'm just so grateful that you're here. You're holding space for Michaela and for me. We're so grateful to you. For those of you who are listening through the podcast, if you haven't subscribed, I'd love for you to do that so that you'll, you'll get a little notice every month when there's a new one coming out. Um, I'd be really grateful to you for doing that. And if you haven't headed over yet, just join my world at the SWAT Institute. Sign up for one of my webinars or sign up for Chat with Crystal to get a notice once a month to let you know we're doing this. And, and maybe next month on November, the first Friday of November, maybe it'll be you. Maybe, maybe it will be the day that you say, I'm going to press that star too, and I'm going to unmute 
my line and I'm going to get some coaching with Crystal anonymously and I'm going to feel amazing and I'm going to like, wow, be, be a way shower for other women to have the courage to do this too. So I want to thank you all and I will see you. Uh, I'll see you. I'll see you soon. Have a great weekend and uh, we'll talk before we know it. Bye for now. Thank you for joining us today on Chat with Crystal, empowerment coaching and conversations with real women from around the world. Of course, my name is Crystal Andrus Morissette, and it's been my honor to spend this time with you. If you'd like to be a guest on the show to get the coaching that you need, please visit www.swatinstitute.com. And remember, empowerment equals choice. It's always up to you.